Hi, you're listening to Market Matters, our markets series here on JP Morgan's Making Sense podcast channel. I'm Kate Finlayson from the FIC Market Structure and Liquidity Strategy team. As our listeners know, we look at what could shape liquidity in the market and how you access it. And certainly in today's environment, there are a number of drivers influencing this. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at advancements in technology that could play a role not only in how one accesses liquidity and the speed with which you can access, but also some of the broader potential benefits that can be derived with respect to balance sheet and capital usage. To discuss these elements, I'm joined by Scott Lucas, Head of Markets DLT at JP Morgan. Scott, thanks for being on today. Of course, Kate. Thank you. It's great to be here. The last time we did a podcast together, Scott, on distributed ledger technology or DLT, which is another name for blockchain, that podcast was in 2021. And a lot of the work and advances being made with respect to DLT were hugely encouraging, albeit a little nascent. And certainly there's still a lot of room to run in terms of adoption of this technology more broadly and all the use cases that can be deployed. That said, how, how far have we actually progressed? I think it's a good time to do the podcast because the market condition has changed. And I think that's one of the areas that actually is a stimulus for where we think we can make progress this year versus the, the, the homework's been done by the broader market over the last two years and setting those conditions of, of breadth that we've seen. So, and what, what I mean by that is, you know, when we first started on this journey, although we did the podcast, I think in early 21, you know, we'd been working on stuff and the market had generally been working on stuff sort of through 18 and 19 when... You know, the condition was such that your QT was starting. There were a bunch of you know, reasons to start looking at diversifying liquidity. That was one of the key drivers of how the technology was being deployed. And then COVID happens and liquidity is no longer a challenge. So that condition is starting to pivot back to an area where actually liquidity is challenged. There are new ways opening up built off that breadth of experimentation in the last couple of years that can be implemented this year. And that's where we expect to see the depth. So I think actually it's a good time because we'll start to see some of those challenges be met by what's been built in the last couple of years through 2024. So how do we move from use cases to a more liquid market in some of these use cases? So I guess the, the key thing is really to demonstrate value. And that really is about utilizing the experiments and proof of concepts that have been tried over the last few years in, in a much more meaningful way. And so, for example, our repo product that's been in the market for nearly three years has done a trillion dollars worth of value. We've been lending uh, on that platform for a long time. Now we're in the process of not just expanding the footprint of where we can trade and the types of collateral we can use, but also looking to bring liquidity in. So you're now having the nascent sort of capability to do a bit of a two-way market. So we can look, mobilize liquidity in a more effective way than it's possible on existing technology rails. If you think about that construct alongside connecting platforms, again, there's work being done and demonstrating value in connecting platforms, you're starting to set the conditions for what could be a very effective way to mobilize liquidity across these platforms that you can't do today. I think that's where we've got to start demonstrating value through 2024. And demonstrating value is not just the trades, but the economics associated with those trades. Right. And so... One area where there has been the mention of DLT playing a role is in the move to T plus one settlement. And that has felt quite far off 
as an achievement, quite frankly. Um, there is quite an operational shift involved in the move to T plus one settlement for US securities, not only, of course, for US market participants, but especially European and Asian asset managers. Given the small amount of time, they have clearly because of the time zone differences. And aside from operational considerations, there are implications for FX liquidity, funding costs, uh, and trading dynamics on the fixed income side too. As both the EU and the UK also look at a potential move to T plus one, albeit again further out, what role could DLT play and how achievable in the near term could that actually be? Sure. So I think you're right. I mean, the, the it's not just about the speed of settlement that I think the technology can provide, but it's also that precision. So, you know, again, going back to products that are in the market, you can trade those today, you can settle them today at a specific time, you can mature them today or at some time in the future at a specific time. So those characteristics, if you apply them to a, a circumstance such as, you know, the mismatch in timing for T plus one settlement and the impact on how those trades are funded for offshore clients or even things like the ETF create redeem process, there's some areas of potential that we're exploring in that space. So if you look at T plus one settlement and you're a European or an APAC client, then actually timing your FX trades in order to have dollars in the right place to meet your settlement obligations is difficult. And the FX market timings don't change. So there are other ways we can look at solving that problem. For example, you know, doing a intraday repo for cross-currency collateral in Australia or in APAC on the day of settlement can be a source of dollars for those clients. And we're kicking the tires to see if that's something that is an effective solution for our clients and potentially a wider solution for the market. Okay, that's encouraging. Something that's slightly less encouraging, of course, is uh, bank capital requirements have only increased in recent years. We have Basel III reforms that are being proposed in the US in the form of the Basel III endgame and the GSIB surcharge proposals, which would have material implication for liquidity and clearing capacity if those proposals, those two NPRs, are finalized as currently drafted. I mean, regardless, against this backdrop of increasing capital costs and trading costs for all market participants, how could blockchain alleviate or even enhance liquidity provision? Okay, I think you know there's there's two key ways that could happen. The first way is really you know, utilizing some of the capabilities we've mentioned before around the speed and precision of settlement. So, you know, counterparties can trade today, settle today, mature today. So you can really offset some of that overnight risk into an intraday market. So if you're taking things from overnight, whether it be FX or financing and transactions, moving into intraday, then clearly the balance sheet consumption, which is an overnight metric, is reduced. And that relieves some of that pressure. The second example would be going back to what I alluded to in the first question is around um, a two-way market for liquidity. So if there's liquidity available in Asia that can be recycled in Europe, that then can be recycled in the United States because you can trade, settle, mature, and then recycle those assets. A lot of the sort of liquidity that kind of, inverted commas, sits on the shelf during the day because the current technology doesn't enable it to be utilized in a follow-the-sun model, if you can be precise and you can be accurate and you can measure that risk and you can settle you know, in a very clear way, that becomes available. I think both of those things in partnership could offset some of those liquidity constraints we see today. And so how in theory could that actually work? So, I mean, if you think about the FX market today, if you're doing a funding transaction, you'll trade today, receive the opposite and pay your currency today, and then you'll mature that tomorrow. 
that brings with it overnight risk. And you know, there's a scalable cable and euro dollar market to meet dollar obligations for clients not in the US. If some of that could be transformed into an intraday swap, specifically to meet funding requirements that are that sit both within the US and the euro opening hours, then yeah, you could take some of that overnight risk off balance sheet, make an intraday trade, euros for dollars in the morning, dollars for euros in the afternoon, and then you're relieving some of that balance sheet pressure, pressure, but in a way that is still very precise and you know, payment versus payment settlement into risk-reducing exercise as much as a balance sheet reduction exercise. Thanks, Scott. So for clients that haven't thought about DLT or simply haven't been able to, quite frankly, prioritize given other technology spend requirements, how best can they position themselves for advances in DLT? I think it's a fair question, particularly when you look at the buy side. Um, a lot of the sell side are creating their own platforms. And as a derivative of the regulation and just general sort of competitive dynamics, we end up with a lot of banks with platforms. And if you're on the buy side and you think about, well, how do I engage with this? Onboarding to any platform, um, regardless of whether it's blockchain or not, is a complicated process. So onboarding to lots of blockchain platforms doesn't feel very appealing. So, you know, in the context of our platform, we have financing, we're working towards issuance, we're going to be able to offer FX, we have the tokenized collateral network. I think it's important to be able to do multiple things that are important for your business on a single platform. And there are multiple platforms being developed. The other bit is each platform in and of itself is an island unless it's connected to the wider market infrastructure. So ensure that whatever platform you're looking at joining to realize that benefit is part of the broader ecosystem, whether that be traditional market infrastructure or connecting to other blockchain platforms. And there's a lot of work happening in that space as well. If you're considering how do I get value out of being in this technology and how do I maximize the value for the spend that I can commit to this technology, picking a handful of platforms that show as many trades as possible and are on the pathway to being as connected to the market infrastructure as possible. Thanks, Scott. We've covered a lot of ground in today's chat. Uh, there is a lot of potential. Clearly things have moved on and no doubt we'll be chatting again because there, there seems to be a fair bit of momentum and certainly the environment for these use cases and this technology to be deployed. So thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for having me. And to our listeners, stay tuned for more FIC market structure and liquidity strategy content on this channel. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Market Matters. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to JP Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates, together JP Morgan, and do not constitute research or recommendation advice or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. They are not issued by JP Morgan's research department, but are a solicitation under CFTC Rule 1.71. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. JP Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. The FICC Market Structure Publications, 
or to one newsletters mentioned in this podcast are available for J.P. Morgan clients. Please contact your J.P. Morgan sales representative should you wish to receive these. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures. Copyright 2023, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved.